You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Locked On Youth Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Brian Brown, co-hosting today, bringing you into your week with all the news, notes, and updates from Utah Athletics over the weekend. Utah football finishes their first scrimmage on Friday. What stood out to Coach Kyle Whittingham as he spoke with the media afterwards, and what can we take from his comments post-scrimmage? Gymnastics takes the NCAA semifinal and earns a trip to the NCAA championship. They'll compete in their 45th straight national championship and we'll give you all the details and let you know exactly when and where and what will be happening. And lastly, we'll close out the show with a weekend recap, including a thrilling win on the road for Utah lacrosse, Utah volleyball earning a trip to Omaha, and all the other sports and competition over the weekend. That's all coming up next here on the Locked On Utes podcast for April 5th, 2021. Thank you for joining me here on a Monday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast. My name, of course, is Brian Brown. This is the Locked On Podcast Network. We are brought to you, as always, by Built Bar. Thank you for joining us today, my Utah friends and family. It is a great day to be a Ute. We're trying to get your week started off right with a great Monday episode, and there's no better way to start off a Monday than talking football. And Utah football on Friday completed completed their first scrimmage of the spring ball session, and none of us got to watch it. So... That's why you tune into here, because we have the appropriately placed sources and the information. But I want to talk a little bit about Kyle Whittingham's remarks in the post-scrimmage press conference, what stood out to him, and what I was able to pick up. We call it, in our estimation, based off of one of Kyle's favorite phrases, where we kind of read between the lines of what he talks about at the post-scrimmage press conference, and and more and more without being able to get eyes on players and or talk to people in interviews, that's how we have to go about it. And there were zero players available for interviews after the scrimmage, and part of the reason was because they ran 130 plays. That's a lot. That's a lot of reps for a scrimmage, and part of the reason for all those reps is the number of players on the roster. And I think this is likely to be the biggest story coming out of spring and going into fall is how do teams manage these massive roster numbers? How do you get guys reps? How do you keep guys developed? With so many extra players coming back for another year and being on scholarship, it makes it a full-time job just trying to figure out how to keep everybody busy. And that's on top of everything else that coaches have to do. I felt like that was the biggest reason for Whittingham being a little bit short in his remarks. I don't think he was grumpy by any stretch, but you could tell that it was a very, very long scrimmage and that they'd gotten a lot of work in and that the amount of time it takes to get everybody reps to make sure that the team is ready and that each position group is where the University of Utah wants them to be is really starting to take a toll. 
And not just in the sense of making sure guys get reps, but also in deciding positions and hierarchies. And I think there are a few positions currently at the University of Utah where that's absolutely critical to decide. The first one is, without a doubt, the running back position. With the emergence of Zach Moss and the the tradition that he has carried on of great Utah running backs, there's no doubt about it that this is a position of central focus, both inside and outside the University of Utah football program. And so determining who the number one running back is definitely is a critical piece to this spring. Whittingham mentioned in his post-scrimmage press conference that the number one back so far was Makai Bernard. To some people, that may be a surprise, especially after Utah went into the transfer portal to get TJ Pledger and Chris Curry, both transfers from Oklahoma and LSU, respectively. And in previous interviews, Whittingham had definitely mentioned Chris Curry on a regular basis for his impact. And if you watch some of the highlight videos, it's clear that Curry comes in with some impressive burst that I didn't see on film previously. He is a big back. He comes in and and he has impressed the staff with, with his work ethic, with his drive, his determination. He uh, had a tweet about how much fun it was to do the egg toss, which I believe he won. And I think the family atmosphere at Utah has both really impressed him and and others on the team. Jaquindon Jackson is one that has really bought into the actual family feel of the University of Utah. And so you might think that Curry would be in the lead, but... The program has always been super high on Makai Bernard, and this is now his third season going into his third season in the program. He'll only be 18 once the season starts because he got here early and he was very young. He's put on 10 pounds in the offseason. He's now closer to 200 pounds, if not a little bit over. And at his size, his weight, his explosiveness, Bernard was a kick and punt returner for his high school team, and it was almost automatic that every time he touched the ball he was either getting them across the 50 yard line or scoring a touchdown the biggest reason that Makai Bernard was not recruited by and I should say not recruited by everyone but a a lot of bigger schools was primarily because he committed to Utah very very early on in the process almost as I believe junior year end of his junior year maybe it was junior uh, end of his junior year going into his senior um but he also had to play a variety of positions because his high school just didn't have the uh, the talent surrounding him to just let him play running back. So he had to play in the slot. He had to play all over, all over the place. They had to do a lot of different things because they didn't have enough offensive linemen. So Bernard is a very versatile player in that regard. He's gotten a lot of experience playing a lot of different positions. He's got great hands. He's got an excellent vision. He is very explosive, and he is good between the tackles. He is also good on the outside. So Whittingham saying that Bernard is in the lead shouldn't come to any of us as a surprise. What might come to a surprise is just how far ahead he is of, say, maybe Chris Curry or TJ Pledger. Yeah, Pledger, I don't think, was ever coming in here with the expectation uh, from those within the program to win the job outright. He was always going to be more of a change of pace, a scat back, as Kyle Whittingham likes to say. I think what might be the most surprising part about Chris Curry is his versatility in so many other aspects of the running game. And Curry has looked incredibly good in the limited highlights that we've been able to see. I've also heard that the coaching staff and and those within the program have been very impressed by him, his work ethic, his dedication to it. And so 
that will be the real intriguing aspect of this competition as we move into the fall. How far of a distance is that between Makai Bernard and Chris Curry? How much of it can Curry close up just based on learning the system, getting the fundamentals of the offense down? What does TJ Pledger do if he doesn't get consideration to be the starting running back? And is it how critical is it to Utah to develop some of the underneath running backs with Ricky Park still coming in in the fall? Charlie Vincent is getting some uh, carries. Elvis Vacapuna is getting some carries. Fasel Aden is getting some some run. And so all of these things are contributing to what Utah needs to do in order to build the running back position. But also, with all those names, that's a lot of reps that they have to go through. And so that can be very tiring and wearing on a coach or a staff in general just because it is so much more work that you have to do to make sure that all of those guys are ready, all of those players are getting reps, all of those players are competing and, and progressing through the program, and you've got to make sure that all those players are feeling bought in and welcomed and, and as a part of the program and understanding their roles because the transfer portal will still be wide open come end of spring. And that transition us to the other position group that's probably second uh I don't want to say most competitive because I don't think right now is is the key a time of year for it to be competitive, but the probably the most important position to decide, but the second most uh, varied in terms of the number of prospects, and that's the quarterback position. And right now it looks like Charlie Brewer has taken a clear lead over everybody else in the group to be the number one quarterback. The good news is that Cam Rising will be able to compete again in the fall. The intriguing aspect of it is how much will Cam be able to make up. And while he is ahead of schedule in his rehab currently, it does beg the question, how much will he be able to catch whatever ground Charlie Brewer is gaining? And Whittingham has been very, very complimentary of Brewer. We also heard this a little bit last year with a quarterback position. So that can be a bit misleading. And a lot of it is because he wants to instill confidence in his quarterbacks he knows that he asks a lot of them and he wants to make sure that they feel very appreciated especially in public sentiment but it's clear that charlie brewer is going into the fall with the largest lead in terms of who will start at quarterback for the university of utah that's a good thing you want the most experienced guys to be competing for that job it was also good to hear whittingham say that jaquin and jackson and peter costelli had started to separate themselves a little bit as well and that Brewer will continue to get the reps because Utah is preparing as if he'll be the starting quarterback. If Cam Rising can sneak the job away from him, then that's just an added bonus. Whittingham also talked about the physicality of the offensive and defensive lines. He mentioned the cohesiveness of the offensive line as well. And while Utah does return five starters from their offensive line last fall, there are other names to be in contention for spots on that squad. We still don't know who's going to start Keaton Bills or Braden Daniels. We still don't know who's going to start at tackle. Is it Simi Mwala? Is it Jaron Kump? There's been a lot of chatter about Bam Oleseni, who was the much-heralded JUCO transfer from Garden City, Kansas, by way of Great Britain, specifically London has had a lot of attention placed on him if for no other reason than his massive size. He is 6'8", 335, and that's just an enormous human being. And Olaseni moves incredibly well for that size. The big uh, 
transition for him has been learning to play at the tempo of Division One football. It is a different speed, and sometimes it can take people a while to ramp up to that. It does sound like he is starting to play at that level. And so it will be interesting to see how that unit evolves. Whittingham also mentioned Cole Bishop as one who had started to stand out a little bit. The incoming freshman from Georgia has really started to solidify himself as the potential starting strong safety, replacing Nate Ritchie, who is currently serving a Latter-day Saint mission in New Hampshire. And there are plenty of other candidates in that defensive backfield at safety as well. Vontae Davis will be returning after an explosive emergence at the safety position last season. They'll, they'll also add Kamui Latu to the mix and obviously Bishop. And it will be interesting to see what role RJ Hubert plays as well. Whittingham mentioned again the move of Zamaya Vaughn to corner. He also dropped that Devon Vele had had a very, very promising spring. And that's good news for Utah fans. Vele was a walk-on from San Diego, California two seasons ago, has had some injury issues over the course of his career. Didn't see a ton of action last year, but enough. But the fact that he's starting to take another step forward this spring is a positive for the University of Utah because they are thin at wide receiver. And Vele is a big-body athlete who can go up and get footballs. That's another one that you can add to the slew of tight ends, to Solo Enos, to Britton Covey, and that could possibly fill the void that is going production-wise that is going to be left open from the departed Samson Nakua. All of these comments lead us to think that things are going positively for the University of Utah. The hopeful good news is that we'll actually be able to get a look at this team on April 17th when they compete in the red and white game. But until then, we're just going to have to keep playing in our estimation and reading between the lines with Kyle Whittingham and listening to him talk about 130 reps for 118 players. It's insane. Some might say that another word for insane is madness. And while March Madness is starting to wrap up, you can still go to betonline.ag and get your bets in on the NCAA final tonight. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Whatever sport you want to gamble on, NBA, college, golf, NHL, baseball has started. You can bet on awards. Had you bet on Jason Sudeikis winning a SAG award for best actor, you'd be rolling in the money right now. And also barbecue sauce. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets and it is free to sign up. Just go to the website. BetOnline.ag, you can do it on your computer or on your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's all one word, Locked On to get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Transitioning things over to the Red Rocks, who had a massive weekend out at the Mavericks Center, despite event glitches, see Michelle Bodkin's timeline for more information on that one. But the glitches didn't interrupt anything with Utah's gymnastics squad as they advanced to their 45th straight national championship. That is impressive, in especially considering the... Very difficult draw that the University of Utah had coming out of their regional final. There were a lot of teams that were uh, competitive there. LSU, Arizona State, Kentucky. The Red Rocks 
held on to a lead for the majority of the meet, pulled it out at the very end to outlast LSU by a score of 197.925 to 197.750. Arizona State followed that up with 197.600, and Kentucky fourth place finish also at 197.600. Utah gets the win over some big programs after a massive night from Miley O'Keefe. O'Keefe finished the night with three 995s, placed second in the all-around with a score of 39.700 to lead Utah. She finished tied for first place on bars, beam, and floor. Sydney Solowski also had a phenomenal night, finished tied for first on floor uh, with a 995 on that event as well. Utah was just absolutely firing on all cylinders, and they looked like a team that was ready to go claim a national championship. And that's good. You want your teams to be coming into form at this point in whatever their season is, as their postseason. They want to be at their best right as they're starting to get into these championship competitions. It was a great weekend for the University of Utah gymnastics program. And now they'll head, like I said, to their 45th straight national championship and their 39th straight NCAA championship, which only started in 1982. They've been every single year since it began. Uh, for In two weeks at Dickey's Arena in Fort Worth, Texas. That'll be a two-day event. It will take place Friday and Saturday, April 16th and 17th. So be sure to keep that on your schedule. Obviously, April 17th will be a big day for Utah Athletics with the red and white game and also Utah's gymnastics team competing. But huge, huge congratulations to the Red Rocks for continuing on a incredible streak that I don't know if there will ever be another program in the history of the University of Utah to match that. I'm sure there are plenty of Utah fans out there that hope the men's basketball team will do the same. Uh, I will likely not be around if that is the case because 45 straight national championship bursts is just absolutely mind-numbing. But shout-out to all... The phenomenal women who compete for the University of Utah. Some of my favorites, Alexia Birch, Crystal Issa, Sydney Soloski, as I mentioned, Miley O'Keefe, Jaden Rucker, Cammie Hall, Adrian Randall, Emily LeBanc, LeBlanc, excuse me, Abby Paulson, and Alani Sabato. This is a team that has been led by a freshman in Miley O'Keefe for most of the year, but had major contributions from uh, upperclassmen in Emily LeBlanc and Sydney Soloski and Alexia Birch as well. So it's good to see a nice balance in that, and they have been incredibly competitive across the season and just super excited to see what the Red Rocks are able to do as they head to Fort Worth next or two weeks from now. And this this team has has a fierceness to it that I do believe could be very beneficial, especially as they head into the most important part of their schedule. We will be sure to keep you updated on, on any news and notes regarding the gymnastics team, and we'll try to get you somebody who knows a lot more about gymnastics than I do to give us the rundown about what to expect as Utah heads to the NCAA championship. Congrats to the Red Rocks on the incredible work. Well done. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Just go ahead and, and make sure that that stays in your mind from here on out. And the best flavor ever created, according to those who voted, was Coconut Brownie Chunk. 
I told you all along that it was going to be the winner. It's my personal favorite. There are some amazing flavors, over 18 different flavors that you can order, and they do tend to mix it up with the occasional coconut brownie chunk. That's why it's worth going to BuiltBar.com and checking out exactly what it is that they have to offer. If you've never done it before, I highly suggest doing the variety pack. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious consumer because they have low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber bars to help you get through your day. Whatever your diet plan is, Built Bar will fit into that. They have given us a promo code. It is LOCKED15. LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next purchase at Built Bar. Whatever it is that you want to go there to get, I highly suggest the Variety Pack. If you want to just go off of my... The taste buds, it's Cherry Barcia or Cookies and Cream are my two favorites. I also like the orange and the mint brownie as well. Always a good choice. The double chocolate too, sneaky good flavor. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. It's not just my words. It is the words of everyone across the network. We talk about it all the time on our individual college channel for Locked On, how much we all love Built Bar. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order, and go get yourself healthy, fam. Wrapping up a Monday episode of the Locked On Youths podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and we're going to talk lacrosse, baby, because it was a big win for our Road Warrior Utah lacrosse team as Brandon Wilson gave Utah lacrosse the 11-10 double OT win on Saturday at Boston University. With 3.32 left on the clock in the second overtime period, Wilson turned from his defender and bounced the game winner right through the net to lift Utah past Boston at Nickerson Field on Saturday afternoon. It was more closer to Saturday morning, our time. But it was an incredible goal. I've retweeted it both from my account and from the Locked on Utes account, so you can go watch the highlight there on Twitter. And it was a great win for the University of Utah. It was a hard-fought battle all throughout it. Uh, Second frame was a defensive battle between the two programs, whereas the first set was much more on the offensive uh you have to imagine that the, you have to imagine that this one was a really gutty effort for the University of Utah lacrosse team having to dig deep the just a, a great win for this program uh and a good opportunity to get some momentum as they'll get a week off before hitting the road once again and take on the perennial powerhouse that is Virginia lacrosse that game will be in Charlottesville on Saturday, Saturday, April 17th at 10 a.m. So that's 10 a.m. local time. So you can watch that as a little teaser before the red and white game. Or if you're out uh, and about, put it on the uh, turn on ESPN U or, or pull up your ESPN app and you can listen to it online. Uh, it was a big win for the Ute Lacs team. And we're really excited to see them get some momentum going forward. It's been a tough season for them, without a doubt. A lot of road games and a lot of growth from a very young squad. Great to see them pull out that double OT victory. Also note, Utah Volleyball is going to the ship. The NCAA Division I Women's Volleyball Committee announced the 48-team field that will compete in the 2020 NCAA Division I Women's Volleyball Championship. Now, a reminder, it is still the 2020 championship because this season was postponed. Uh, The University of Utah was named the 14th seed. That's not like they do it in the NCAA Basketball Championships. That's 14th seed overall. The top 16 seeds do not have to play in the first round. They get a bye for the 48-team bracket. 
And so teams from the and also a, a quick note: teams from the same conference are not paired during the first and second round of competition. So Utah won't see anybody that they've already played. They'll take on either the winner of LIU. Excuse me. They will take on the winner of LIU and Pittsburgh in the first round to potentially play Minnesota in the regional semifinal on April 18th. So again, two weeks from now, we've got a really, really busy weekend with red and white game, gymnastics, lacrosse at Virginia, and also volleyball competing for the tournament. And this is a very competitive volleyball team. It will be fascinating to see Danny Drews turn on the uh, extra juices as this is she's one of the most competitive one of the best competitors I've ever seen and I'm super excited to see what she does at the tournament the volleyball youths will head to Omaha Nebraska as I mentioned for the first and second round of the tournament uh, all actually all rounds of the tournament will be played there at the CHI Health Center um, hosted by the University of Nebraska First and second round matches will be played the 14th, 15th. Regular semifinals will be played on the 18th. Uh, and then the regional finals will take place, place on April 19th at the arena. Here's hoping that the volleyball team can advance past that one. Also in action this weekend, uh, late rally for the softball team comes up short as the youths fall to ASU in a 3-1 to series clinching game. They split the first two. Obviously, ASU takes the series with the 3-1 to victory in the last finale. Uh, also in, in competition this weekend, Utah baseball sneaks away a win as over number 21 Oregon State. They avoid the sweep with a 5-3 win in the series finale. As they've been known to do, this team has started to progress more and more. They won 5-3 to against Oregon State. I saw a great effort from David Watson in a uh, as in his outing as as the pitcher. Something that we've been wanting to see from this baseball squad for a minute now. He pitched seven point two innings, only gave up three runs on five hits with seven strikeouts. His longest outing of the season. Hopefully, we start to see this happen more and more. The next game for the Utah baseball program will be at Dixie State. That one will be on the sixth, so tomorrow. That's it for your weekend recap. We'll have more University of Utah Athletics news, notes, and updates as we go throughout the week. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for following us on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you for rating, for reviewing us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. As always, gang, stay well, be well, and do well. This has been the Locked on News Podcast for April 5th, 2021.